Hey, this is senior writer Owen Poindexter. If you enjoyed the newsroom, thank you so much. And you should know that our podcasting efforts at Front Office Sports are alive and well. Check out Front Office Sports today. We've got the biggest stories in the industry every single day and fantastic interviews. So check out Front Office Sports today. Find it in your podcast feed. We'll see you there. A star being born tonight. Let's stop it. A star has been born tonight. A star. A star. Like an NBA star? An NBA star has been born tonight. His name will be realmed throughout the country for 48 hours. <laughs> That star is Mac McClung, a G League player who won the NBA Slam Dunk Contest and transformed his own life in the process. We'll be diving in on that one, plus some insider reporting on the sale of the Washington Commanders. It's Wednesday, February 22nd. I'm Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. A week ago, 24-year-old Mac McClung was someone that very few people had heard of. He was known as a human highlight reel in high school, then kind of fell off in college, starting at Georgetown and then transferring to Texas Tech. From there, he went undrafted. He was the G League Rookie of the Year last season, but his NBA career had consisted of 25 minutes across two games, both last season. He scored two points in three minutes for the Chicago Bulls in a game that they won 131-117 to over the Atlanta Hawks. Then, three and a half months later, he suited up for the Los Angeles Lakers, played 22 minutes, scoring six points, in a 146-141 overtime victory against the Nuggets. And that was it. If you're an avid Philadelphia 76ers fan, you may have noticed his name last week when he signed a two-way contract with the team. But he never lost his flair for dunks, and that led to his inclusion in the slam dunk competition during NBA All-Star Weekend. Just the fact that a G-Leaguer was participating was taken as a sign that no one cares about the dunk competition. As my colleague Doug Greenberg wrote in a feature prior to the competition, which you can read on frontofficesports.com, Michael Jordan was in the dunk competition in 1988. And it steadily went from the best players in the NBA, to anyone who was in the All-Star game, to any NBA player with a knack for fancy dunks, and now some guy from the G-League. Here's what Kevin Durant had to say about that prior to the competition on his podcast. Uh, who else is in it? Um, Mac McClung. Mac McClung, which is, that's crazy they doing that. <laughs> Out the G no, no shade to Mac McClung, but Man, no it's shade, an NBA dunk What are we doing? It's how I felt. And Mac is an outstanding athlete. But I think he's been on the show, but I'd What say, are we doing? Why don't we have four guys who are willing to It used to be sacred to be a part of All-Star Weekend. And to Gady's point, John Morant puts on a dunk competition in actual games when he's got five guys trying to stop him, so it is a bummer that he wasn't in there. The other participants weren't exactly household names either. They were Kenyon Martin Jr., Trey Murphy III, and Jericho Sims. But the conversation completely changed once McClung took the court. McClung is the first G League player ever to participate in the slam dunk competition. Some boy, he'll go down. Mac, not once but twice, jumped over a person who was holding a basketball over their heads, took the ball and dunked, hitting the backboard before the slam on one occasion. To seal the deal, he did a 540, meaning he spun around at least one and a half times in midair. On the broadcast, they were trying to figure out if it was a full 720, as in two full spins. Look at this. Look at, look, look at the turns now, one, two. Oh, oh Kenny. Man. Yes. Kenny, it might have been. 
Yeah, it might have been. It's over. It might have been. over. He said it. It's over. Kevin, you're the only one that's good at math here. There's one. 360 and a half is what? 540. 540. That's a Wow, look at this. That's a 540. He didn't just win. He got perfect 50 scores on every dunk from four of the five judges. Lisa Leslie gave him a 49 for a 360 windmill. And we went from Durant saying, what are we doing here? To Shaquille O'Neal saying this. I want to give a shout out to Mac McClung. He definitely saved the dunk contest. That was a beautiful performance. I haven't seen the fans excited like that in a long time. We'll be talking about that and looking at it again in a couple of minutes. Thank you, Mac McClung. Appreciate you very much. That was incredible, man. So what do you get for saving the dunk competition? Well, for starters, he won close to $100,000, which nearly doubled his career earnings as a player. He also signed a sponsorship deal with Puma. While we don't have huge stars doing the dunk contest these days, we do have social media. And that's how an unknown player like McClung can become a star literally overnight. His highlight reel generated more than 520 million views in the 12 hours following the competition. Where things go from here is anyone's guess. If we just look at his playing career, it's not crazy to think that McClung could be back in the G League in a week or two. But he's got the basketball world's attention right now. And you can bet there will be a lot of people tuning in on Thursday night to watch the 76ers play the Memphis Grizzlies just to see Mac McClung's third game. Let's take a look at what else is happening out there. Arizona Diamondbacks owner Ken Kendrick has pledged hundreds of millions of dollars toward either fixing up the D-backs' current home, Chase Field, or building a new stadium. They have not decided which one yet. This could get complicated because the stadium is owned by Maricopa County, and the source that funded the initial construction of the ballpark, which was property taxes, may not be available this time. And there's no money in here! (laughs) How delightful! The team's current lease ends in 2027. Vince McMahon is selling WWE, and he's looking for at least $9 billion. McMahon resigned last summer amid sexual misconduct allegations and then reinstated himself before beginning the sale process. Who has $9 billion lying around who might be interested? Front Office Sports reported in January that Saudi Arabia's public investment fund leads the bidding. And Brittany Griner is back in the WNBA. Griner, of course, was detained for 10 months in Russia for carrying vape canisters with cannabis oil. ESPN reported the deal was for one year $165,000 with the Phoenix Mercury. Up next, we have some exclusive reporting on the Washington Commanders. Our own A.J. Perez breaks it down right after this. Two thousand, two thousand eight, twenty twenty two. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now. One thing is certain: it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over thirty one thousand businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on Netsuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. Netsuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So, how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, Netsuite. Netsuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improve their visibility and control when they upgraded to Netsuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash frontoffice right now. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. netsuite.com slash frontoffice.
All right, I'm joined now by our senior reporter, AJ Perez. AJ, how's it going? Not bad, not bad. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I understand you have uh, some exclusive reporting around the sale of the Washington Commanders, or the Commanders themselves. So what do we know now? Yeah, we know there's been a couple of investigations ongoing for several months, uh, and one we haven't had much information about since uh, November, when hours after the sale, you know, the potential sale was kind of announced. Uh, the, the Department of Justice, uh, we learned, um, has an investigation ongoing into the team. And today I was able to report out that, you know, kind of more details of what they're looking at, which has led to at least one subpoena. Um, and it looks like it was directed at the team. Uh, the team has uh, said they have re- they've received a request for information, but it's all related to what we reported back on March and April of last year on, you know, financial irregularities and holding back ticket revenue from the league and using two different books to show two, you know, two different, you know, sets of data, one to the league, one for Snyder, all of which Snyder and his attorneys have denied. This all comes out of the congressional investigation into the team that concluded in December. What's the what are the significance of these allegations? I mean, what could happen if let let's say the DOJ finds that they did it, that there's proof they're guilty? What happens? Yeah, so it looks like if it's you know the most likely this is a federal grand jury that we don't have any indication that one's impaneled, but that's the way it usually happens. You know, a federal grand jury could takes their time. You know, they, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office will, will, have, will have a judge, will ask a judge for a subpoena, and they will get back information. And these things can take years. Um, there was not a referral from the Oversight Committee we learned today, um, because the only referral really was to the Federal Trade Commission, which we don't know what they're doing with this financial information um, that this committee from Congress forwarded to them. So it's basically these things, it may go nowhere, but it could be, you know, sometimes these things... A lot of the time, they're kind of lying to federal investigators. We don't know. We, there's no indication there's been any interviews at all to, as part of the subpoena. This was, looks like it's just a request for information, for documentation. Um, but, yeah, these things usually go forward, and, you know, you could, you could, it's hard to speculate on what they'd find. The team's denying there's, they did anything wrong, and they've denied that since last year. So, But um, if they find, you know, there could be potential fraud um, and um, other, you know, I don't even say wouldn't say there's going to be going to be charges, but you know what it could lead to is I'm they're mainly looking at any kind of financial misdeeds, uh, lying on documents, um, other other forms of fraud, uh, which the team uh, is vehemently denying. Do we know how this wraps in the owner Dan Snyder? Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is like this one of many things that has kind of he's faced over the last you know, eighteen months to two years, um, and uh, you know this was you know, there's also. The investigation by the U.S. Sorry, the Virginia Attorney General. That's still ongoing. There's also the second outside investigation, the NFL launch. That's been a year. It's we're a year in about now, and they're looking into the financial um, side of things as well. So this is all, you know, there was this is all part of the heat that's been under Dan Snyder, which has led many to speculate. That's why he announced a sale of the team, which is going forward. Uh, multiple people, multiple potential owners have visited, including Josh Harris who owns, uh, you know, who's co-owner of the Sixers and, and the Devils. Um, he was part, he was one of the bidders for the Broncos as well. So this is all kind of the backdrop of, you know, why Dan Snyder is selling. Now, obviously, we can't say the reason why is, is any of these investigations or the owners, uh, the other owners, you know, asking him to sell or, you know, kind of putting pressure on him. But this is all part of it. And this is just another, you know, one, one little, one more piece in all this. And, you know, a lot of owners have had, nasty things said about them, but this takes it to a level of seriousness that could compel him to actually sell the team instead of just saying, oh, yeah, people are going to write nasty things about me in the press no matter what I do. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of, you know, and he also is going to make a lot of money, even if it only sells for six to seven, 
Six, a mere six or seven billion, you know. Yeah, it's all yeah. So I know he's looking for seven, and we wrote that a couple of weeks ago. Um, seven billion dollars—it's astronomical. It probably if if it sells, it will sell for a record, worldwide record for a sports franchise. He paid about nine hundred million dollars for it in 1999. So he's this was his dream to own this team. He grew up in Maryland. You know, he's been an owner for you know almost 24 years now. It hasn't really worked out. The team hasn't been successful, but um, you know the the value goes up, and he's you know his his golden parachute is going to be worth billions of dollars. Do these investigations um, impact the sale of the team, other than perhaps motivating the sale of the team? It does complicate it a little bit. Um, so uh, the people I've talked to, and I mean this is going back to November when this was first announced. You know, there's they're going to have to do some kind of escrow account or some kind of way to indem- indemnify the new owners, so they're not facing you know, consequences from these investigations or these lawsuits. There's also two lawsuits out of the D.C. Attorney General um, that were filed late last year. Uh, so they're, they're, there's going to be a, they basically carve outs where either Senator will have to either express, you know, either a document saying he will he will cover anything that arises out of those or there will be some kind of um, kind of escrow account set up to handle, you know, the expected any expected fallout financially. And uh, what should we we be looking for next, either with the sale or the investigations or what, what's the next chapter here? I think we're kind of we're kind of getting. It looks it sounds like it from my sources. They're wrapping up the visits, um, and from there we're going to see who the final. Hopefully, we'll have maybe a leader and a potential, you know, one going forward. And from there, it goes to the application to the NFL Finance Committee, where they will, uh, you know, basically submit a report to full ownership. They don't really say uh, they don't they don't approve or disapprove a potential owner, but they do give kind of their take on it. And from there, it goes uh, and then uh, it goes to full ownership, and we're. If it gets there, you know, obviously there's a lot because a couple sources have always been in my ear say, you know, well, Dan Snyder may go through this entire process and not sell. Um, you know, that would be that would open up a whole new can of worms. So but right now it looks like the sale is still pending and on until we hear otherwise. Yeah, I kind of shudder to think what this is going to look like if he if he pulls back all of a sudden. But I guess we'll we'll leap that hurdle if and when it comes. AJ, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me on. That will do it for today. Send your questions and feedback to today at frontofficesports.com. I misspoke in saying that email address in a previous episode. So if your email bounced, collect the rebound and send it to today at frontofficesports.com or leave us a rating or a view and we'll see you tomorrow.